0: Welcome to the Improvement Nerds Podcast, where it's our goal to bring together a bunch of improvement nerds in order to start an improve evolution by providing people with a new tool set, a new skill set, and a new mindset. We're grateful that you're spending time with us today. If you enjoy what you hear, please follow our podcast and subscribe because there's sure to be good content that occurs in these conversations as we nerd out. All right, Improvement Nerds, welcome to episode 11. So excited to be sharing this with you today. I've got two guests with me. Uh, So this will be my first time interviewing two people at once. It was a lot of fun. The relationship that these two have was great to hear how they work so well together. And there's even a third person who's involved in this organization, helping this organization to rise and support their customers. So, that organization and my guest, uh, I can't wait for you to get to meet them. Uh, The organization we spotlight today is Enable Management Systems. And the two people who joined me today are Emily Bopp and Dane DeLosier. And we nerd out about how you can allow your organization to be maximized simply by providing your front line, your operators, with the information they need to know what good looks like. What are the goals? What are the priorities? And how can they align to those things and contribute and make an impact? Super awesome episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, Improvement Nerds. This is Tom. I'm back with another episode. I have some exciting guests that I can't wait to share with the world. I met these individuals through networking and Uh, trying to start an evolution, and I put it out in the universe that I was looking to connect with other improvement nerds and these amazing individuals um, who, uh, in some ways, I known through um, word of mouth or through relationships I had. Uh, So Travis Lozier, one of my good friends, knows both of these individuals, and he helped me to make, uh, helped make the introduction. So I'm excited to have the conversation today with Emily and Dane, and I don't want to Steal their thunder, but I want to give them a quick chance to introduce themselves. We'll start ladies first. Emily, we'll introduce <laughs> you yourself and then we'll get to Dane.
1: Great, Tom. Thanks so much for having us here. This is really, really a great opportunity to get to talk a little bit about what we're passionate about. And, um, you know, as you and I were talking the first time. Just about what nerds us out, uh, we really connected on empowering every individual with organizations to be able to understand their part in the bigger picture and then to be able to make decisions in line with that and and execute really action in their daily jobs according to that bigger awareness. And so that's, that's what it is for me. When I can unlock somebody's understanding of uh, why they're there and what they're about the engagement that just um comes to life in them that's what gets me excited.
0: Yes. And the, I enjoyed sitting down with you and having breakfast and hearing your background and how you got to the improvement world wasn't a straight line and I find a, that no. of individuals who do this type of work most times they don't even know this type of work existed like they were doing it or thinking in these ways and somewhere along the way It clicked and it all came together. So tell us a little bit about the pathway that you've taken in order to get into the improvement world.
1: Yeah, sure. Well, you know, it is a windy road. And so I'm not going to tell all of it because we'd be here all day. But, you know, I just saw on LinkedIn the other day, someone replied to a, a post that I had also replied to. And so I saw it in the thread and it was an executive assistant who said, quote, I agree we employees need space in the day for systems level thinking end quote and so exactly to your point that many people have sort of an inkling that if they had a broader context or awareness for you know what it is that they're trying to get done or help an organization to do every day for sure they would be able to um, engage in that much better and so that was really what it was for me you know as a Stay-at-home mom um, early in my adulthood, and then, you know, uh, transitioning to the business world in a really unusual kind of a way, working for an outside sales company in textiles. I very quickly, as a, as a mature uh, adult, but coming into the business world uh, you know, in my 30s, I very quickly saw that exact thinking that, oh my goodness, so often in, in these large corporate environments that were represented. And in our smaller, uh, you know, client companies of, of, you know, 30 employees, 50 employees, 100 employees, it doesn't matter the size of the organization, very often the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, and they're accidentally tripping each other. And this is ludicrous, and I can't believe people go to work this way, and here I was seeing all of this um, through that set of eyes, and so that's what really planted the seed. Um, you know, it unfolded from there, and I'm uh, really, really Honored. Actually, I feel very privileged to be in the position that I am now to be able to impact that very problem.
0: And and we're glad that you had those life experiences and you had that outside perspective when you came into the workforce to not have the habits already ingrained. Uh, A lot of individuals who jump right into the workforce, they're young, they're naive, and they just, you know, try to adopt the culture that already exists. And I think individuals who are late career have a different perspective and because of that they are able to you know um, voice their ideas they feel safe to to say that there's got to be a better way so we're so thankful that one you raised your hand and advocated for it and I think because of that 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 was step one and then step two step three all of this added up over time to to allow you to be where you're at now and I'm sure gives you the ability to make a huge impact so so excited that you are, uh, are doing this type of work and I'm pumped up that you're on the on the episode with us so we're, we're going to switch over we're going to talk to Dane I'm curious what his background is because he he wasn't able to join us for breakfast so I ordered two breakfasts and ate his at-
2: <laughs> nice <laughs> I could have easily done the same thing <laughs> Now, how did I get here? Um, uh, hopefully i'm an- answering the question you you want to get at um you know uh, my career is a bit a bit of a different path um other than a first job out of college as a sales engineer for a little bearing company uh, I quickly uh moved into an entrepreneurial realm and it really followed a very specific path toward outcome specific assignments and so you know, if you don't develop a playbook, it really doesn't develop for you, right? So you you kind of got to approach that in a sort of methodical way. That was way back in the 90s. And what a gift it was when um, a company I was working with, um, the JPM company, which isn't even around anymore, but at the time... Um sponsored a group of the senior leaders, myself included, going to the University of Tennessee um, under Tom Greenwood and, and uh, getting exposed to Lean, uh, Lean Enterprise. Well, that was um, quite a few additional tools to a toolbox that was developing, particularly around strategy and execution. So my career kind of progressed on through from you know from one technology based hardware company to another. Um, I was in everything from optics and fiber optics to ultrasound and and uh, digital power conversion. Um, always very techy in nature, but always very um, pointed at a very specific outcome. Well, to me, strategy is um, a process itself as well to define. What is the, the market move, so to speak, and, um, and is it worth it, right? Can I really get an advantage on a particular market, and is it worth it? Um, but then the real art behind all of that is how do you get everybody operating at con- in concert at all levels of the business? And that took a little while, but boy, did that develop fast. Um, it's coming up into some of those subsequent assignments, And it just became a standard playbook for me, um, a process. um, A process itself, to me, is repeatable, it's reliable, it's improvable. And I'll even go as far to say is is that if you focus on that every day, it eventually becomes a competitive advantage. So um, the transition into the consulting realm or even to the realm of Enable um which i'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit here um was um you know um much more about um i kind of reached this point where some friends of mine started to say hey you guys really have something there right there's something that small and mid-sized companies could really benefit and so um My last, uh, the organization I was last in was a small ultrasound device company here in Indianapolis. I stuck around. The mission there was to get it growing and get it sold. And we did that pretty successfully um, in a fairly short period of time. I was now a Hoosier. I wasn't going back to California. And um, so I decided to stay in the organization and run it. Uh, Very quickly, I realized, though, that um I really wasn't an administrative cog in a very large company that it would be better for me to go ahead and share some of that insight that i was uh, that I had garnered over the years, so that kind of started the journey um, Emily and I um, our paths intersected, and uh, we started to work together at implementing this operating system that we were we were doing and um While it morphed quickly, we brought another partner on, um, formed Enable Incorporated, because now uh, we were recognizing that the real need in the market was around operational execution. Um, There were plenty of strategists out there. So um, we wanted to really address that skills gap. And that's kind of how we got here.
0: So I think we need to warn our listeners that this is going to get really nerdy. I was writing notes and there are so many things you guys said that I believe are true and really important for our listeners to research for themselves or to take and try to um, apply that thinking within whatever role that they found themselves in and within, within the organization that they currently align with. You guys talked a lot about strategy. It's the um, planning part. So a lot of individuals spend time, energy, resources there. Uh, So you got strategic development, but I think a lot of people forget about strategic deployment. So you guys um, brought brought that to light. And I think that's something that uh, organizations need to understand is that that there's a process for both of them. And when you were talking about a, a process, that's repeatable, reliable, and it can be continuously improved. Like you just spoke to my heart. Uh, I'm a Baldridge examiner, and I wouldn't be surprised if either of you have been um, on a Baldridge journey, or if you're an examiner yourself. Um, but in Baldridge, they ask uh, questions, and they're what questions or how questions. So they want to see that the organizations have processes in place in order to do certain things. And the criteria, actually, the framework starts with leadership, and one of the questions they ask is what is your process to develop your mission vision values and to communicate those and a role model those? And they want to see that your organization has a process to do that. So that's in Baldridge, that's category one of the framework. Category two is strategy, strategic development and deployment, and they ask the same how questions, How do you conduct strategic planning? How do you collect input from your customers and your workforce and from data? to make sure that your strategy is designed in a way that it considers the multiple stakeholders needs. So tons of nerdy stuff. So the Mm -hmm. questions are part of the journey. The other part of the journey is they wanna see, uh, are you responsive in a way to show that you have an approach? So they use an acronym called ADLI, A-D-L-I. Do you have an approach? How well has that approach been deployed? Has that process benefited from a cycle of learning? And are you trying to find ways to integrate that process so that it's systematic and complements other processes and doesn't compete with them? And to me, like what you guys were just saying um, about strategy being a repeatable process, I think that's a really important takeaway from this episode is that it isn't just thinking, it is thinking and executing and learning and tracking and engaging and communicating
2: and validating right?
0: in order for it to be integrated. And really good organizations do it in a way in which the strategy and the actions um, that that strategy directs are a continuous feedback loop in which the organization's always learning. Everything you guys said just spoke to my heart. And I think we should just make this like a two hour episode. So we should. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be respectful of, of your guys' day, but I'm so excited uh, that you guys shared that introduction. I do want to revisit. So you guys have an organization called Enable. There's the two of you and there's one other individual. Do you want to give that person a shout out?
2: Oh, yeah. Kyle Farley. <laughs> 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 Carl um, and I go back a couple of organizations that we've worked together and uh, um, just a, a pillar among the three of us uh, um, talk about. Emily mentioned some grateful uh, comments earlier. That's one I'm grateful for. Uh, she's the one that uh, is uh, fantastic at organizing us. Kyle is the deep, critical thinker, the insightful, the quiet one in the corner, right? But when he speaks, you know, you need to listen. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm the one that's sort of out there a bit and pushy and, and getting out into the new horizon, but uh, uh, he's an awesome guy. I wish he was here right now.
0: Yeah, thanks mm-hmm. for bringing him up. And so beyond that, your are guys, you have a tribe, the three of you are kind of core to it. But I know in Enable, you are also... Um, bringing individuals into a learning environment where you teach them your guys' processes and approaches and you provide them with the coaching and mentoring and basically the tool set, the skill set, and the mindset they need to help um, deliver your guys' service uh, in a way that, that they in some ways are extended members of your team. So talk to me a little bit about that part of Enable. Is it, not only do you guys have great technology and tools to help organizations, but you're creating uh, an extended office of people that uh, allow you to grow and apply your ideas in a lot of different markets without, um, you know, having to hire or, or do excessive recruiting. You're doing it through, hey, here's a classroom, come learn these skills, and we'll help you apply them. So so there's more people than just the three of you. You have enablers. If right. I don't know what you call them, but that's what I would call them. If
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Let, let me grab you, Tom. So um, we're calling them our licensed enabled consultants and you're absolutely right. These are folks that, uh, that have a, a process mindset, um, very much see the need, you know, just taking a step back, as Dane mentioned, you know, the more that we were serving the market, serving clients, serving this need, the more it became apparent to us, the magnitude of it, the magnitude of that need, and that it was more than the three of us could impact, and that what we had uh, created and condensed down into, you know, this very packaged implementation, that that could be um, provided to others to be able to to serve their their niche market, their world, their industry of. of you know, their background. Um, And so you're absolutely right. That's uh, the road we've been on now for uh, many months. And we have some uh, uh, dear friends, they've become friends now uh, in our community of licensed enabled consultants who are out um, impacting uh, clients in their own spheres. Uh, What we love about that is uh, that community that we've been able to generate. So, you know, Keeping to our theme here on continuous improvement, um, every time we we interact with a client, any any time that we're uh, sort of on the ground, we're always learning. And to us, that is, I think, what gets us out of bed in the morning as much as anything. And so, to be able to then cultivate this community of folks who, um, you know, maintain contact through you know informal means, but also a formal monthly forum. Uh, So these are consultants who now have their own peer group of of folks who are delivering the enable management system to their own clients and sharing just that continuing body of knowledge um, as we, you know, continue to, to impact organizations. That um, is, I think uh, you you called it an extended office. I don't know. I I feel like it's a, it's a very unique community um, that we cultivated and are cultivating
0: that's a great way to rephrase it is it's a gathering of individuals a community a family um, that have the same passions but execute on those passions in different ways they bring different personalities different belief systems and I think that does promote learning because now you have a bigger community of thinkers and contributors that will give you feedback and based on their experiences make Help you to make things better, and that absolutely,
1: that's- yeah. And to to take it out of the the ambiguous, you know, give it some concrete contextualization, right? When you've got the guy who, you know, his past experiences is working in compliance with the DOT, and he's now delivering to clients uh, the Enable Management System, and his buddy, who's who's uh, got a background in software development, is delivering the Enable Management System in that sphere, and they're talking about uh, their experiences and what they're learning and sharing. You know, you've got your manufacturing environment and and they're bringing to it so you know to be able to um share from all these different perspectives and yet fundamentally it's the same it's the same it right that we're teaching Um, and and so that i think is where the magic comes for us and and Dane's raising his hand. I feel Sorry, there, uh, yeah, i him itching to
2: say something. <laughs> no, no, just, you know, uh, we solve problems through diverse, um, capable teams, right? And um, so this, this forum, you know, these, guys, these folks are out there delivering the enable management system, but they're encountering challenges in those clients as well. And, yeah, it's a support mechanism, but that support is actually problem-solving. Right. It's, it is, it, it, you know, it's almost at the heart of PDCA and, you know, plan, do, check, act. And, um you know, and, and uh, Emily and I just smile at each other whenever it happens, you know, one will say, Hey, I got this challenge over here. And the other says, Oh, geez, we, we can code that right out and have you a dashboard. And now you've got the data right there at your fingertips. And you're just like, yeah, nailed it. Right. Uh, so I, I, that's my way of saying it. <laughs> it, <laughs> those forms are cool
0: to me improvement has always been a team sport and yeah i love that you guys are making it that way and the kind of the coolest and slightly more nerdy part of this is you guys were a collection of three nerds and <laughs> uh, through this community you've created you've, you're manufacturing more improvement nerds
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right <laughs>
0: Podcasts and the things that the reach that we can all have together is to encourage people to take whatever makes them nerdy, bring it to the table to share that openly, and to hear what other people have to say about what they nerd out about and find where the overlap is and innovate together that you guys are doing that. That's so cool. What a real great real life example of how when people allow themselves to come together and share best practices or share challenges. Oftentimes, a result of that is stronger relationships, but better ideas.
2: Well, and I would I would add one thing, too. We are benefiting also, um, and those folks understand that as well. Um, so we're getting cues and indications of how do we improve the tool set we're, we're bringing to them, right? Whether it's a digital platform or if it's a, you know, a, a, a document or a, a, a tool for problem solving or whatever it is, um, you know, that's what they get. And we're hearing it um, objectively across many industries. Um, just a little sidebar. I think um, now being about four or five years into being in con- you know, consulting, um, I don't think I ever truly really appreciated how broad your perspective becomes and your ability to recognize, hey, wait a minute. So- one industry solved that problem 10 years ago. And another industry never figured it out, right? Or so, or didn't didn't get that connection. So once that connection's made, they benefit together, um, even as in clients and/or industries. So that's another um, neat thing that goes on.
0: I, I I think that's one of the reasons organizations rely on the consulting practice is because they come in and they have outside industry industry experience, and they have this ability to. Bring analogies to the table that oftentimes that organization um, wasn't able to realize for themselves. So, being in healthcare, that's where a lot of my work was concentrated. And when I would help those organizations, oftentimes they would have limiting beliefs about what they were capable of doing. And you had to allow them to see outside of themselves and outside of their four walls to realize that other industry was doing it and they had figured it out. And oftentimes that instilled confidence in the organization you were advising. And it gave them that creative flexibility to take that risk. And oftentimes organizations, they could be their own worst enemy. And because absolutely you know, it's or their cultures or what they became accustomed to sometimes could cause them to think too small. And when they work with other or other people who try to broaden the thinking and compare that organization to other organizations. I think it allows organizations to get outside of their own box and uh, look at their organization from the outside in instead of the inside out.
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: I love this. Um, I do. I want to circle back and revisit the thing that makes you guys nerdy. So I'll, I'll try to talk about what I think enable does and then you guys can correct So Emily said one of the things that makes her nerd out is allowing individuals to participate in their organization's transformation or journey by unlocking their understanding of what the organization's priorities are and their goals are so that they can align to them and contribute to them. And you guys facilitate that through not just the strategic planning process, but the deployment of that plan to the operators to allow them to have the information that they need and the understanding that they need in order to act. And that I'm assuming this is not a one-way street within the organization where the highest level thinkers of the organization make decisions and simply push them down, but I'm assuming there's a process in there where there's facilitated feedback between the leaders and the operators to say, Here's what the plan is. Yes, I understand it, but here's my feedback to the plan so that we can have a better understanding of reality and adjust it and learn as we go. So that is a great ecosystem of of setting direction, taking action on that direction and learning along the way as a result of trying to advance these plans. And you can spend all day in a room and plan, plan, plan. Um, but i think it was maybe mike tyson that said everyone's got a plan until they got punched in the face <laughs> that's right <laughs> working that plan and talking to each other about how's it going and where do you adjust is just as important as having a plan in the first place so you guys in enable i think that's what you guys encourage organizations to do but you, it sounds like you have a platform a systematic approach to actually do those things so tell me About well, tell me what I missed and tell me more of how you guys do those things. Because it sounds so easy. And if but if it was easy, every organization would do this. And reality is, is very few actually complete this whole circle.
1: Right. Well, yes, definitely not easy, but simple. Yes. So this is what I love about what we teach. It's not complicated. So boils down to teams who have a unique Function within the business, so they are uniquely accountable to executing on that strategy in some way, shape, or form. We get them together daily. It's a daily huddle, and before you, you know, shudder, I- I've heard of daily huddles that go on for two hours and don't accomplish anything. So don't go there. <laughs> That's not what we're after. But for us, these teams, uh, when we can get them together daily, get them focused on the vital few indicators that they either won the day yesterday or are prepared to win the day today and then give them a very prescribed mechanism for what to do when they're not. So why? Answer the question, all right, we we missed on one of our vital few indicators. We got off track. Why? And teaching them a very simple, elegant uh, process for getting to root cause of why, and then converting that to corrective action Giving it an owner with a deadline and the discipline to check status and confirm that that action did intend did in fact have the effect that we intended, keeping it all very visual and short fifteen minutes a day, every team understanding did we hit or miss yesterday yes or no if not why and what are we going to do about it It's very simple and to your point too just to to tack on one more. What I feel like is just the secret sauce to this whole thing is that not only are the teams all able to execute that daily cadence as a team, but there is a mechanism for inter-team communication so that anytime any team, you know, when I said earlier, I, I noticed the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. I love when we can get uh, businesses up and running on this model because all of a sudden the communication, the collaboration, and the inter-team problem-solving, it has a simple mechanism that they don't have to invent, you know, on the fly. When a problem comes along, ah, what do we do about it? There is this prescribed path for what to do about it, and it connects those teams so that if at any, you know, frontline team... Maybe they're facing some sort of resource constraint or or they need a decision, bam, escalate it to the team that can provide that and a response is, re- is required within 24 hours. And so the accountability then to executing is not only, you know, team specific in that model that I, you know, described at the beginning, but it's inter-team connected and it's that synaptic um, environment that we're able to create that I feel like really, um, Uh, Unlocks the collective potential of an organization.
0: Another thing in what you were saying that I think is really important for our listeners to understand is this is creating a culture of trust as well. Oh my yeah. Mm -hmm. In in that that element of accountability, um, individuals feel that they have the responsibility, but also the opportunity to contribute to the organization's success but it's not in a way that it's all about the organization but it's oftentimes about their peers and the people that they surround themselves with and even themselves it's this uh, opportunity to have an impact and a lot of organizations don't provide that gift to their mm-hmm. their operators because of the the one the systems and structures don't allow for it mm-hmm. so there's barriers in the in in the way around decision making or barrier busting, or resource availability, in your guys' model, those barriers don't exist, the Mm -hmm. communication is present, the resources are available, and individuals don't have to take their ideas and get multiple sign-offs to act on them. They they have the opportunity to do it immediately. So one, we have adaptiveness and agility, but because we don't have all those layers of decision-making on stacked on top of that person, they probably feel really connected to the work, really connected to this um, model, and they probably trust themselves more than um, what other organizations might be experiencing. They might be saying, well, how do we get that done? You know, We have people who aren't willing to share their ideas, or when we have an idea, we're slow to act on it. Well, it's because your processes are getting in the way of you actually allowing that person to move forward and it's oftentimes because there's no trust. That's yeah. present. So you guys are definitely your trust building and all that. Go ahead, Dane.
2: Yeah. Trust's a big one. Um, so our leaders also, we observe, and this is now across thousands that, that um, they, uh, when it's not happening, what do they do? They go into a command and control style where they start directing Now they that that takes away that autonomous understanding of I can solve the problem at the source and I got to get permission to do anything. And like they don't realize how that sabotages their own effectiveness or their organizational effectiveness. So when we talk about synaptic connection, right, we're standardizing the communication path, we're setting expectations of how that works. And it's that system alone that builds that level of trust, right? I talk to my kids about this all the time, right? You know, if you're, <laughs> you're going to run around and lie, you're going to erode the trust in the household, and we're not going to get very far together at all, right? So um, it's, it's, it's establishing that understanding and how we do it. Um, Emily touched upon about, you know, in, in what nerds are out and unlocking people. And I I share that of course um, that's so much of what our mission is. There's nothing more rewarding whenever that person that's locked in the corner, right, that has a solution just doesn't know how to communicate it up. Um, you know, I'm very much about that. But but to me, it's also about organizations really effectively and um, more quickly than they realize they could getting results and um, and senior leadership. You know, um, building this level or this trust in this system, or recognizing they can trust that the system will escalate a problem that they need to know about, and they didn't don't need to go have to go look for it, right? They can trust it'll happen. I love sharing this. Um, Our our clients who um, are mature in operating this system, you know, those executives, those middle managers, when they go on vacation or or they're out on a business trip. They do not come back to the office and read a 1,000 emails. They go right to the source because they've already established their intentions of the business. They've helped communicate those intentions at all levels of the business and all for all folks involved. And those folks are empowered to go solve those problems. If they're struggling, there's something they need to get involved with anyways. But that will be evident, whether it's in the visual management board there on the wall or if it's in, it's in you know, the digital platform. It's obvious where they need to go, you know, put their energy, either make a decision, enable resources, or come up with alternatives um, to help them solve that problem because they're stuck and it'll stay that way. Um, You know, it kind of gets at those, that classical lean sources of waste, right? You know, it's indecision, it's building the wrong thing at the wrong time, or it's being afraid to make, you know, problem solve. It's all those things that we're just trying to uncover quickly by the standard approach.
0: Yeah. Thank you for bringing up that person within an organization who really needs systems like this to be more effective in the way they lead others. So I know I was in leadership and I know others in leadership who never took their vacations, um, would feel overburdened and overwhelmed by the amount of email that they had to respond to. They would experience full plate syndrome. So our, I believe a lot of organizations um, are putting their middle managers in a pinch. They're asking them to do right. a lot and holding them accountable to something that they really can't execute on because they lack the process to actually deliver on those expectations. So not only is that person caught in the pinch, but because they are so overwhelmed, um, they get stuck in this vicious cycle and this is moving towards some of the why. so why is this important to you guys? And I met with Emily and this is where the two of us got really, really nerdy it was around this 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 pinch, this hinge pinch in organizations. It is the middle manager being stuck in a situation where they have a they're being asked to do the impossible and they don't have the processes to actually that's right make this improvement effort a team sport. So a lot falls on their plate and it erodes trust because the manager feels like they have to own everything. Therefore, they don't engage their team in it. And what oftentimes is perpetuated is this concept called the dreaded dreaded drama triangle, which is you have a victim, you have a problem, and you have a hero. And oftentimes the way that this is perpetuated is – the problem causes stress or issues um, to the victim, and then the victim goes to the hero and talks about the problem. And oftentimes, the hero is the one who steps in and addresses that problem instead of teaching that victim how to solve that problem for themselves. And the more and more this happens, there's this learned dependency in which individuals lack the ability to problem solve. In that erodes not just trust, but it it takes away autonomy, it takes away mastery, and it takes away purpose. and And those things are really important things for individuals to feel connected to their work and engaged in their work. So not only is now your leaders in a pinch and they're burnt out, so they're not engaged because of this this thing. The way it plays out, now your front line is not engaged because they don't feel like they have a way to take ownership of the problems they face day in and day out. And that's exhausting because no one wants to show up to work and and do bad work. Um, But oftentimes the processes that they work with every day work against them instead of for them. I think it was Deming who said a bad system will beat a good person every time. Every day, yeah. Every day and these individuals who maybe you do wanna have an impact, the one that you guys said that the person with the idea who's lost in the corner and wants to contribute but doesn't know how, That's not sustainable. That individual is eventually going to give up and leave that organization, uh, which would probably be the healthiest. The healthiest thing is for the, or realize that person has a voice and find a way to listen to it and let them act. That's ideal. But reality is is that individual either stays in place and grows in resentment to their job, or they go elsewhere. And there's the only good thing that could happen of that is if an organization starts to embrace this opportunity to empower people and to give them the skills they need to actually solve these problems for themselves.
2: But by that effort alone, every organization that's listening to this right now can open capacity, right? Not only capacity to get things done, but capacity to problem solve, right? If they just focus on that alone, they will will be successful at, at achieving those two things.
0: Yes. Yeah. And beyond that, so capacity sometimes is uh, extra resources or effort that can be spent towards an organizational goal. So when Emily and I met, when I parted with her, she said, I think if if organizations do that, they'll not ever be able to measure the impact that they have had. Because that person now with that extra time and capacity, not only are they going to be more capable in their work, but at the end of the day, they'll feel that they had made an impact. They'll say, we won. Today. Emily was saying, you know, in your guys' huddles, how do you know, how, did you win? How did you know you won? And when you're winning, it feels really good. And that creates mm-hmm. energy. But when you're losing, it sucks energy out of individuals. And when we were talking, I thought it was really insightful that she said people are one person, like they're a seamless self. So if they have a bad day at work, they're probably going to have a bad day at home. Right. And if, if this thing can play out, if we can actually help people feel connected to their work and have a good day, they're going to have a good day at home. And she said, heck, Tom, for all we know, we're creating soccer coaches, people who have the time and energy to volunteer in their community to do that extra work and give back in different ways. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize, like, could, could you imagine if organizations measured success in the form of volunteerism or community service or family wellness or whatever?
2: yeah well, it's culture right um we We see this frequently. a lot of companies are um rising to um, give us barometers on our corporate culture and um you know being who we are, we look for root cause right so if we can identify what's the root cause of that underlying corporate cultural toxicity that's there um it it's It's usually what you just spent very eloquently describing um and we know that if we can unlock those folks and they can feel that success, voila! Right, suddenly now they are. It's a happy place to be, and it's it's not um, turnover, and it's not you know bad glass door reviews, and it's not you know all that stuff that kind of just begets more toxicity. So yeah, that's that's what it's all about. That 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 is what it. You know, when I think about what nerds me out, that's really it these days. As an older manager or leader now, I, i'm I'm not really looking back so much. I'm looking around a lot more at what's going on in my world and how I impact it. Um, like that's what it's about. It, you know it definitely used to be for the you know the more individualistic gain of getting a, a an exit for a company or for or you know finding a product line that was ragingly successful or something. That was the motivation. That's my point. Um, today, it's more that intrinsic satisfaction that you're able to help them with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And thank you for that, that feedback. I was paraphrasing, we, Emily, we had lunch together or breakfast together for like 90 minutes. So a lot of (laughs) Mm -hmm. what I unpacked was you and I getting, getting our nerd on. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to circle back to you because a lot of what I said was paraphrasing our conversation and stealing some of the things you said that I absolutely loved. So just tell us why this is important to you. Dane, thanks for sharing your why. Emily, I want to hear yours. Why why is this type of work that you're doing, how, you know, why is it important and how does it fill your cup?
1: Yeah, so the best way I can answer that is with a story or two. <laughs> so I'll never forget early on when I started uh, working with Dane and we were on the floor of a of a Uh, manufacturing company here on the east side uh, out with the owner and one of the cell leads was about to walk by and the owner turned to us and said hey guys hang on you've got to hear this grabbed the cell lead pulled him over asked the cell lead to tell us a little story about what had happened at a customer on site so what you need to understand is that this particular cell um, supported only one customer with with what they produced and quarterly, they would the cell lead would make the trip down south to this customer. And um he he explained it to us. He said, you know, usually when I go to those quarterly meetings with the customer, I have to brace myself. I've been doing this long enough and I've heard enough complaints every time with this customer that it was starting to just be something that I I dreaded. Um, you know, you could tell just looking at the guy's eyes. He wants it, it, everything that we've been saying, right? He wants to do a good job. He wants to empower his team to do a good job. And how demoralizing, right? To uh, be kind of beat up every time he um, made this trip to the customer. So he's telling us that, you know, I think they've been running uh, their visual management that we taught them for a matter of months. The week before had been the, the next scheduled quarterly visit to this customer. Um, He just looked us right in the eyes and said, this time, no complaints, none. And yeah, I'll tell you, it wasn't even what he said, but how he said it and that look in his eyes of satisfaction, of look at what we were able to accomplish and look at how we were able to satisfy our customer. And right in that moment, I thought, oh my gosh, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. I mean, it's that right there, you know, and so I could tell other stories, you know, the the software, custom software dev shop, uh, one of their senior um, coders uh, was actually pretty adamantly against uh, uh, learning uh, the system that we were teaching them. <clears throat> but at one point, he came to the owner and said, you know, I was wrong about this. And I'm sorry. And the owner said, Oh, really, you know, what changed your mind? He goes, Well, you know, for the first time, I can leave work on a Friday and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I don't have to work over the weekend. I never had that kind of visibility before, and so again, it's it's those kinds of things when you talk about well, what's my why? It's those kinds of, of stories, and and I could go on, right? But it's um, really and truly impacting, as you said, the the whole person in their ability to. Uh, Improve, but not just for improvement's sake, right? To to improve not only their performance but their team's performance and and how they fit within the larger organization, um, in such a way that that you know that the fulfillment that they're able to get out of their work is all that it can be.
0: I love that. And the other thing we nerded out about was this idea of an improvement ecosystem. So I got my PMP probably like seven years ago before change management and the people side of change was a key focus. So right after I had you know, studied and taken the PMP and the next body of knowledge, change management became more concentrated. It was like somewhat mentioned in my body of knowledge, but in the next uh, iteration of the, the learning edition, it was a huge focus, this people side of change. Um, And I'm I'm thankful for it, but in my training and and whatnot, a lot of improvement was defined as results orientation, and it wasn't really a focus on the person. And uh, that caused me to do it wrong for a little bit in my career. I was the person who simply went around and told teams what to do, how to do it, and why to do it. And then there was this movement, this people movement of, no, you need to start with why, and you need to ask them what good looks like and then empower them to act on the how and it was like the switch for me and right. I realized that my role as a project manager was to first focus on that individual the people on my team I was responsible to develop them and to empower them and if I could do that in a one-to-one basis then they as individuals now they have the ability to work in ways. and empowered people make empowered teams which is great because a team can do more than one person could ever do alone. But Absolutely. That, that ecosystem plays out is now you got empowered people, empowered teams, which lead to empowered organizations. And beyond that, I think if you can have empowered organizations, you can create empowered communities. So I'd love that you have it small, narrowly focused on a person, but in the stories you were sharing that one individual has experienced a transformation so they're showing up in different ways in their everyday life, whatever role they might play, whether it's in the organization as a leader, a manager, a decision maker, a coach or mentor, um, or in their community and in their in their household, they're showing up in different ways. And that has a pretty big ripple effect. And to see that play out has got to be very fulfilling. So I, I'm glad you shared your why, because I've, I've seen that happen too. And it just... Uh, bring, almost brings me to tears to one first realize that person was in such a bad spot that they were so defeated mm-hmm. that they were struggling pretty hard. And it was totally avoidable that they were in that pinch right. because of lack of process or lack of trust or lack of belonging or whatever. And all those things are pretty um, accessible if the organization adopts processes and belief systems like this to empower and allow people to act and if you can do that like this flywheel is going to start to happen
1: absolutely and so i think what i love so much about what we're able to offer is that we just demystify that whole process right so anybody listening to this right now might feel like holy cow you know this feels like a lot how do I do this and that's what I love about what we've been able to do is distill that even that process of change into a very um prescribed step-by-step process that that again demystifies that makes it very accessible and adoptable and attainable in a relatively short period of time so again very jazzed that we've been able to develop this
0: yeah and you guys should be proud of what what you've created because it it does just those things. And a lot of individuals know it's important, but uh, feel too overwhelmed to actually get started. And right. I love that you guys are using the words like, we're keeping it simple, we're demystifying it, we're going to give you the tools you need, and we're going to work alongside you so you can practice those tools safe, safely, day in and day out. And the more and more you wear grooves in those tools, those tools are going to become new skills and new habits, and your habits really drive your thinking. So I always tell individuals in this journey, it goes from tool set, skill set to mindset. And you guys facilitate that. You hold their hand in that journey and you help to not just deploy new tools and organizations or new skills and organizations, but you create new thinking. And that absolutely that is really cool that that's, you know, you're not yeah. just products and services and here's the technology, but beyond that, there's this breath of fresh air within organizations that they start to believe in themselves and that, that's you know i hope what keeps you guys in huge debate. oh yeah
2: oh thank you yeah we too <laughs> emily said she uh um intends to make this the rest of her career i was glad to hear that i need her so she's not allowed to run away
1: <laughs> so. no i love what you just said about a whole new way of thinking And that's exactly what it is. And it doesn't have to be difficult, right? It doesn't, it complicate it. It doesn't have to be complicated that, you know, this shift, when you follow the process and trust the process of bringing the shift in a matter of months, you've turned a corner and it does bring a whole new way of thinking to an organization. And you're right. That's, that's where it is for us.
0: Yes. I, I think as we just nerded out and talked about the ecosystem and the new ways organizations can act, behave, and think, we answered the fourth question that I tend to ask guests is how does this idea intersect with improvement? And we went from small picture of you know personal interactions and specific processes that they can follow day in and day out. So very tangible activities and behaviors all the way to if you do those things here's the result. Not just will your organization be more effective, but beyond that, your organization is going to empower and create trust and provide a sense of belonging. And that to me, that's big picture thinking about what improvement can do.
1: Absolutely. You know, when you've got teams every day thinking about the leading indicators that they're getting the results they want and then what to do when they're not, it's continuous improvement. It's every day. This, this is what they're doing. It's not a big project, right? It's just a simple, okay, we tripped. What are we going to do about that one? And yep. one by one, systemically, every day, as issues pop up, you knock them down. It's faster, better decision-making at every level. And, um, and that's where, you know, how does this idea intersect with improvement? Well, my goodness, you've just created an improvement culture.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, everyone, every day thinking about uh, where the opportunities exist and being able to actually execute on those opportunities. So that one, they, they do the switch of we've got problems to we've got opportunities and they're absolutely equipped to yeah. those opportunities.
2: And aligning with the goals of the organization. So in healthcare, right? Healthcare healthcare patient outcomes in manufacturing at certain revenue, profit and cash expectations. And, you know, I could give you examples in any industry, but we're, we're uh, again, back to that source of waste thing, right? If they're doing it um, and it's not aligned with what the objective of the mission mission of the organization is, you know, you're not going to achieve the outcome or the results you were targeting as an organization.
1: Right. right. So that alignment has to be there as well. And that's what's baked in. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. You you want individuals to feel empowered, but you want them to work in areas where they can have the most significant impact as well. Right. Yeah. I love everything about this conversation and I've had so much fun talking to the two of you and I'm remiss that your your third uh, leg to the stool couldn't be here. (laughs) I feel like the two of us are kindred spirits because I was in my role, the analytical part of the equation. I always liked to look at the data and be really thoughtful about it. And I've learned in this journey to try to be uh, all of those things, but also more risk accepting and outgoing and um, things like that. So, you know, h- having that perspective would have made this conversation probably more, probably too nerdy for our audience <laughs> <laughs> but I to meet, meet that individual. Um, So as we bring our episode to a close, the listeners of this uh, episode, how, if they're motivated to to embark on this journey, how do they find you guys?
1: Absolutely. Check us out at enablesolutions.us. So uh, you can find us there. Um, Not sure. Tom, how else you might uh, be able to advertise? I guess this is audio. So, but if you have uh, notes here, we can certainly give um, email and phone numbers as well. Just put those in yes. the notes. We'd be happy to do that.
0: Great. Yeah, we'll definitely direct um, traffic towards your website, but also Emily, you you on LinkedIn, you're very active. I've seen a, a couple of videos lately. Yes, uh, sir.
2: <laughs> yeah, we mobilized. <laughs>
0: So I think finding the two of you uh, on LinkedIn is -hmm. another avenue. Absolutely. So, you know, I hope that as a a result of this, we've piqued individuals' interest and that's step one. But beyond that, that individual needs to take action. And I think connecting with you guys would be a good way to get started because you're just amazing people. You have, uh, you know, a heart of gold that this work isn't about. You know, selling it's about positioning organizations to maximize value through their services, but also to really lift up their workforce and to give those individuals that opportunity to operate in an environment where there's autonomy to work and practice skills to the point where they're gaining mastery and to feel connected to their work so that they have a purpose. And you know that that's there's not very many organizations out there that are trying to do that. So we need more organizations like you. And um, I hope that, you know, you guys are successful in it because it's needed.
2: Well, thank, thank you. you. We're, yeah, we're committed. Yes. And um, I too, Emily, we'll do this until I'm done. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Thanks so much,
1: Tom. This has really been, been a joy. And, and actually the way that you're able to pick up on what we're saying and, and, you know, run with it and track with it and, paraphrase it, it, we couldn't have done better ourselves. So I'm very happy to know you, very happy to be shouldering uh, this mission alongside you. So thanks so much.
0: Awesome. Thanks for coming on the episode.